Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. The Legend of Korra. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to week 29 of Streaming in Place. Today, we are talking about The Legend of Korra, book three, Change, episodes five and six, The Metal Clan and Old Wounds. And Allison, I'm going to turn it right over to you because called it, called ish. How do you feel about this? You know, well, it's going to depend which thing you're referring to, but I, and, and I do not, it, it is one of the, the great irritations of my life that I do not like the sound of my own voice. So I do not listen to things that I record. So I don't actually remember what I said, but I said sister, didn't I? Yeah. You said didn't sister. I say sister, Lynn's sister. Yeah. It's just that it was in the context of the earth queen. Yes. So I got the episode wrong, but I feel like I should get a called it anyway mm-hmm. for Lynn's sister, estranged sister, which I think I also said that there was a big conflict between them. So I'm feeling... Um, and, you know, she's technically the... She is the ruler of Zhao Fei. Um, so she's a, she's a ruler of sorts. She's um, a metal queen. <laughs> yeah. She's an autocrat for sure. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and she kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe she won't suck eventually. Also like Anne Heche's best performance, like just period. Like Anne Heche is great. She is great. She yeah. is great. Um, and I really liked that storyline and I thought these episodes worked pretty well together um but mostly i just felt really first smug about getting the sister uh it's somehow much more satisfying when i'm just bullshitting and i'm accidentally right like that is my new favorite thing um smug about that and then i texted in all capital letters i think one letter per line to kate and noel toff is alive yeah yeah marcus metal queen (laughs) <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't seen that like M with the slashes thing before. That's very good. That's very good. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. Having a hard time focusing on anything other than Toph is alive. So Toph's alive. How are you guys? Well, we already knew Toph was alive. Yeah. But but yeah. but still I got to enjoy and appreciate your realization of that, which was delightful. So thank you very it much. It was. It was great. Noel, how were these episodes for you? They were both really good. I was in. I was looking forward to getting to Zafu and meeting Sue again and her um, family because her family is just a delightful. Grayson, that's enough. Stop trying to dig your way out. Um, a delightful band of miscreants um, from an artist um, who's definitely not making a banana. <laughs> To those uh, two, um, the two, the two kids that made up a game. To the Winklevi, they're totally the Winklevi. The Winklevi, Winkle yeah, sure, I'll go with that. Um, so yeah, all of that coming in, and Varric's back with his magnet suit because laws don't mean anything, and Zhao Fu's probably an extradition-free zone. Who knows? Um, 
Lots of stuff, but mostly I remember this happening when I first watched this episode and it happening again when I watched these episodes is I kept thinking, wait, no, all of this is basically just Galt's Gulch from Atlas Shrugged. Something bad is about to happen here. Um, these metal benders are all just a bunch of objectivists. Um, when does this go wrong? And then it just never goes wrong, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Like we come to a city where it's just heavy on progress and like technocrat sort of rule. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's fine. Like there's nothing bad about the city, which is just weird on Avatar, any form of it, that there's nothing bad about the city. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I don't believe them. Yeah. Like, which is the trouble I had with this where, you know, cause obviously I remembered Sue and I remembered all the different things. I kept waiting. Like Marcus says, I was expecting the other shoe to drop and then it just doesn't come. And yeah. I'm just looking and I don't remember well enough to, to know if there is more examination of this coming in the, in the season or in the series. But the notion that the, the notion that we're just taking all of this at face value feels very strange to me. Also, we know and we like Lynn, so why aren't we trusting her judgment? And also, like, <laughs> everything that we see about these characters, I think we're supposed to like them. Korra likes them, and, you know, Asami seems to be doing just fine, though we haven't had enough Asami time recently. And obviously, Bolin is, you know, just winning over Opal. Like, I think we're supposed to be on board with all of these people, but so little of it adds up, right? Like... Oh well, I you know I had to flit around a little bit, and I I did th- I I saw the world, and then I was in a traveling circus, and then I was and then I decided to found a town, I, so I built a city. I'm like, how did you have money to do that? What is happening? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, you like, you're all for like. Granted, we're on board with the you know saving people from the Earth Queen's conscription and everything, but also just being like. Psh- screw that person. We're going to do whatever we want. It's like, how you, you wall off your city at night from everything, right? Like, and you won't let your family leave. And you seem to be the autocratic ruler of this community. There is no, like, yes, this person is, is just a horrible criminal, but you know, we all make mistakes. Like it's, it's obviously not okay. And the show is treating it like she's just a quirky, wacky, fun addition to the world. And look, she's teaching the metal bending. So, you know, we're so isn't that great? And it's just very strange to me. I agree. Does not add up. Shifty character. The way you're talking about it makes me seem that it's actually just a flaw of the writing <laughs> and not um, something that we're supposed to be noticing. But there, it just the, something vaguely cult like everything seems too perfect. Um weirdly isolationist i don't understand why it is that that sue is is like the metal bender like why why is she the like it just doesn't make any sense to me and then when um i mean it was inevitable when we saw young punk sue running off with her hooligan friends it's like oh okay well something's gonna happen and Lynn's gonna have to arrest or whatever um but it was just it was just an upsetting scene when she, when she got her scars on her face and um talk grown up top and bleh, bleh. not i i do not trust her i do not trust her do not well and where is this 
And are they not part of the Earth Kingdom? Are they separate? They're in, they're like an autonomous zone within the Earth Kingdom uh, because she owns that land. Like she bought the land. So she is like has a fiefdom. Yeah, more or less, yes. But it is part of, it is within the Earth Kingdom itself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can go on the wiki and find, like, the actual, like, rough location of where it is. But it's within the Earth Kingdom itself. It is part of what is considered to be the Earth Kingdom. Um, it's not part of Republic Cities or the Republic Land like or anything along cities, those lines. Whatever, yeah. Right, exactly. But it is this autonomous zone that Sue owns, runs, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, within the Earth Kingdom. Yeah, I don't buy the Earth Queen being okay with that. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. But it is it is what they wanted. Yeah. As I just kept like, this doesn't make sense. And it seems super right. shady. But the show doesn't think it's shady. But also, like, like, what was it like for Opal growing up there as a non-bender? Right? right. Because she must have not been a non-bender before she got her airbending. So what... She can't have been happy there. (laughs) Everything, like, it's an entire city defined by metal bending. Like, how do you leave if you can't metal bend uh, to open the doors to leave, you know? Like, yeah, and I don't, and maybe they do examine all this, and I've just forgotten about it. Noel, do do you remember any further examination of this? So, there is something shady going on, but it's not what we're talking about in any way, shape, or form. Um, And has nothing to do with, like what we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, I legitimately think that they just kind of treat Zafu as this kind of idyllic, technocratic mm-hmm. haven, almost, um, that is tangentially connected to the Earth Kingdom. Because remember, even though like their flag symbol is the Earth Kingdom symbol, just silver and in metal. Um, so, yeah, it's... There's nothing really weird going on and the show doesn't want the show is like yeah no this is just this is a safe space by and large and lynn's just being so weird she just needs to get over it yeah no i actually really like everything that happens with lynn here um she is very mean to naga she is unacceptably mean to naga um yep you're right marcus (laughs) but um yeah i actually really like everything that happens with lynn here in terms of getting to a sense of why she's sort of just been angry um, about any range of things or the, how she is the way she is. And like building up that those degrees of both disappointment in her family, both in terms of Toph and in terms of Sue. Um, but the ways in which she also just can't move on from those disappointments, I think is really interesting and really compelling. Um, and it even carries through a little bit of the vocal performance by the end, where she's kind of like had her 16 hour nap, <laughs> um, which goodness, I think we all wish we could have oh, a 16 hour nap so right now. That it's a little looser, she's she's more in touch with herself and with her feelings, and I think that that's all really good. And I like that both of these episodes really dig into Lynn and what tell us what make Lynn Lynn. And I think that's really great. And but also just Sue also knows exactly what buttons to push. That Tenzin button, man. Well, like Ooh. and that was yes, it's mean, mean. I had uh, quite a bit of difficulty with the writers. In, in for how that they they were treating Lynn here, it's like you're gonna have at least it was at least twice have Lynn get called a bitter lonely old woman because yeah. she's 
she's estranged from her family. There are plenty of people who are estranged from their family who aren't bitter and alone. It's really, really harsh. We don't know anything about her private life. We just, all we know about her is that she's buddies with Tenzin. She's got a complicated relationship uh, or like an antagonistic relationship with Korra initially, which makes sense now. And like, and and that she's good at her job. That's all we know about her. We don't know that she doesn't have a vibrant social life. And why would Cora know? She does not have vibrant social life. I know, but we don't know that. We have not been shown that in any meaningful way. And so for them to go like, well, you, you're you fighting with your sister who just seems great. Don't look too close under the surface of her, you know, how she's in charge of everything. Uh, and she seems nice. She was nice to me. So like, you just are going to die alone and miserable. Like it was, it was a lot. This yeah, escalated Cora quickly. Sucks in these episodes too. I mean, except for when she doesn't, of course. Yeah. But, but yeah. Co- nah. Also, some people just don't need to have their social barometer all that full to be yeah. satisfied and fulfilled. Yeah. Some people can just, you know, have an, the odd nice lunch with a coworker, and maybe they've got a pen pal, and then they, you know cook themselves a nice dinner and watch a movie and that's introverts and that's okay that's totally fine yeah yeah i i think you know because i do really like everything we get with lynn here uh the i the issues i have there with the other characters relating to her but i i thought you know it is a really you know appropriate and overdue spotlight for her i like what the acupuncture stuff and watching her deal with like the like the notion that she's blocked uh, her chi is blocked and that's affecting um, her her health and these other you know I think it all makes sense and it works really well. Uh, I just was like, show you've gotten us on board with Lynn very effectively over the course of that first season. You have we like her too much for you to be like doing what you're doing right now. Also, there's a set of assassins trying to kill Cora, and you're you're trying to pretend that her wanting everybody to like keep moving and like you know we should be aware of this is only driven by her family and isn't a legitimate thing and when we have zaheer around all our baby airbenders that uh, you're kind of proving her point you're proving lynn's point yeah well speaking of is there anything else we have to say about the shining city upon a valley since it's <laughs> not up on a hill um i i we know bullen's gonna metal bend right that's gotta happen after this very excited for him. Uh, any thoughts on our favorite himbo? I mean, he's just so good and pure in this. And I also appreciate Opal calling him out on his bullshit immediately. You're being really <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes um, having been uh, a little bit isolated uh, might be actually good for one's social skills. Because she sure just goes, this is strange. <laughs> why Why is this happening? I have, I have not seen someone do what it is you're doing before. Is this is this a usual thing? Um, I mean, he's our perfect darling himbo. He, it's, I'm really glad, I'm really glad that there is no non-consensual kissing in this episode. So I can go back to loving Bolin with my whole heart. Um, and man, he's a terrible liar. Yeah. I will say the thing I meant to mention earlier with Opal is I do think the, they do a good job with the writing here to get us, you know, as a Lynn fan, I was like on board with what they're trying to say as soon as they have her snap at Opal, because Opal didn't do anything. And yes, you've got your, her mom, but you're being a dick to your niece. And, uh, I think they handled all of that. Well, I like what we get the trajectory that we get over these two episodes 
with their relationship and I'm excited for Opal to join the gang. Um, but yeah, the dance, the metal bending dancing was really cool too. I yeah. It was a neat it's idea. Very neat. And, and a good exploration and, and, you know, like expansion of how they, we've seen benders interact with their world. So we saw the sports leagues and everything previously, and we see that here. And then we also have the bending and the, the is a statement of on, on harmonic convergence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As you can see, I can, it's a banana. It was very good. Oh, this looks better now. <laughs> Allison, any final thoughts on on um, that that you know the Zafu parts of the ep- these episodes? Oh, I don't think so. I'm ch- I'm charmed and intrigued, and I just am looking forward to seeing more. And I'm glad that we're going to get some air temple action. Mm-hmm. I, what about uh, Milo? training the newbies listen i told you guys that there was something deeply disturbing about the way that tenzin was teaching it was teaching milo to train those lemurs and that's it's all becoming clear i told you so this is it's distressing someone should tell that child to be a child and also that that's not a great way to learn you need to use some other i mean you're an educator kate doesn't he need to learn some other skills? He needs to use different brushes. It can't all just be negative reinforcement. It's very reminiscent of Toph and uh, and Katara eventually having their like you know their their, their little uh, coffee break as they discuss their teaching methods. Right? Like he doesn't have that. He doesn't have. He's not listening to his siblings on that. Uh, why would he? Uh, so yes, he he <laughs> he should send Katara a letter. He needs some 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 colleagues that he can like kind of break down. I was working with this one new new Airbender, and just they kept hitting the slacks, the 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 slats, and and the ancient device. And I just uh, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm up to here. I just don't know what to do. Like this is the, he needs to bring in someone for a master class or something so they can like get a new perspective. You know who might be able to help him with that? Zahir. Zahir. <laughs> yeah, that's Man. nice and creepy. <laughs> I've got like just a touch of of uh animated face blindness mm-hmm. um so when he showed up i went he seems suspicious because i didn't <laughs> recognize him because of, because of the changes right yeah. uh, i was like that seems he's awfully excited about being an air nomad who's this guy and then i went oh no it was very satisfying <laughs> that is deeply satisfying to know. Um, yeah, yeah. The beard and the long hair being all shaved away makes for a really great sort of moment of wait, because you don't get a good sense of his character model's face with the beard and the long hair. Um, and even Rollins's vo- vocal performance is slightly higher than it has been, so it like just just shifts you out of it to go. Who's this new guy? Who's the, the new, new guy? guy? We don't trust him. Yeah, et cetera. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Marcus says it took him a minute to realize it too. Yeah. Yeah. It was that was a really good. Um, it was striking how much his appearance changed and how easily I was sort of fooled, mm-hmm. even being on the alert. So of course they were. Mm. Yeah. Except for Kaya. Kaya, I, I like how Kaya's like. We're not letting you go with the children this is something's wrong uh and and to immediately connecting it to to um to zahir because he can't help but smugly 
drop that he's from up north, right? Like, if he had said anywhere else, she might not have connected it so quickly. It's like, oh, of course you're, you're like, goading me because you're the villain. Okay. Uh, and that battle was pretty great. I really liked the, their fight. Yeah, we don't... We haven't really gotten to see air versus water in any real capacity. Um, so getting that big duel between the two of them and also giving Kaya a chance to really, like, show off her prowess um, was really great. So I really enjoyed it. Um, it makes up for the fact of the big plot hole of this whole storyline of, wait, so they were able to sneak in without a problem, but sneaking out is the issue um, that I had with this whole thing here. Um, but other than that, it was very good. Alison, what did you think of the fight? great i think there are a couple of great fights in these episodes um i i just want to see more of kaya fighting in general it's really nice to sort of watch her be such a badass well and she feels distinct from what we saw from katara and after the last airbender from what we've seen of korra and just all the different you know unalak the different it felt very much her own thing which i appreciated um and i you know she needed to lose but I didn't really believe that she was losing. It was like, oh, she how, no, she's going to get back up. Oh, she's not because he's got to get away. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, as opposed to because she was on the ropes, uh, which, you know, it's it's also good to to know they didn't just leave the the airbender, like the family with just Pema, who is, you know, awesome, but is not going to be able to save them in a battle, you know. So uh, she doesn't have a boomerang. Uh, so there's a you know the white lotus noted for being very good at doing nothing no great (laughs) at showing up so that we can have somebody else get beaten and and the bad guy escape as opposed to our hero doing that being responsible yes yes that's true um the the revelation that the team is all hiding out in public city in the one of the spirit vines buildings i thought worked pretty well and i I just was thinking i was thinking so much of that driver when they're like oh we're gonna have to have you open the the back of the car and he's like okay oh no that's uh and run away like what (laughs) like that's the best possible solution for that guy not for everybody but for that guy definitely the best choice the only choice the only really yeah Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, Marcus says the white lotus equals red shirt, and yes, yes, it's a good uh, yes, good parallel. Um, I, I, the white lotus have not been good enough. They need like compared to what it seemed like. You know what we were getting before with them. They, yeah, it feels very like Watchers on the Wall kind of thing from Game of Thrones, where you've got your heroes who are in the white lotus, and then everybody else, and everybody else is just zombie fodder um not there to be any good at what they do so yeah hopefully that'll improve do we have any final thoughts about these episodes or you know what's coming next um no wait which episodes do we have coming next we're doing seven and eight next we're doing seven and eight next yeah yeah let's let's do this let's do let's do i hear some really boring titles and then try to figure out what they mean (laughs) okay well our Next two episodes are, again, episode uh, seven and episode eight. Episode seven is Original Airbenders, and episode eight is The Terror Within. Hmm. I'm torn. 
no, I'm just going to, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to make my stupid guess. Uh, original airbenders are a boy band. Um, <laughs> they're a boy band um, that's now slightly past its prime, um, like a backstreet band, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and now they're back. All right. And um, although it's, that's really, that song has always bothered me because they didn't go away. Um, they didn't, they didn't go away. They're not back. Um, so they're the original airbenders and they're touring and they do a lot of dancing, obviously. And, um, and they get very grumpy about the fact that there are new air, this theory is terrible. They can't, they're fake airbenders. They're fake airbenders who call themselves the original airbenders. And they just, they just dance. This is the worst fake guess I've ever made. (laughs) The terror within. so that one is going to be Cora. Now I'm going to make a very optimistic guess. Um, confronting her own impulses to move towards violence um, and to react um, with force as opposed to thinking about the situation. Um, and she realizes that it stems from some long repressed trauma maybe there wasn't like there was an assassination attempt when she was a kid and she's blocked it out something mm-hmm. that's kind of that's that's the other one and like i said the original airbenders before. okay noel any thoughts on these um so episode eight is um when a bunch of stuff starts uh, clicking into place um episode eight is also the last episode that aired on television um, so we need to decide when we want to talk about all the drama um, mm-hmm. for this is if we want to do it at the end of tomorrow or the beginning of Wednesday. Wednesday? Well, we're taking tomorrow yeah. off. So. Oh, right. We are taking tomorrow off. I forgot about that. So it'll, well, let's talk about it at the end of Wednesday. I think it's a good one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think end or beginning of the next day but let's talk yeah. about the episodes before we talk about the drama oh yeah absolutely um which i've refreshed myself on and i'm now fully aware of i also forgot that nickelodeon announced the air date for book three a week before it started um <laughs> i forgot about that entirely they did no promotion for it and it just happened and there are reasons for that that tie into everything else yes listeners allison's making a double face palm looking through her fingers face because yes Yes. It's very bad. It's, I'm hovering somewhere on the <laughs> precipice of like, like of if to to use two memes, yeah. I'm hovering between blinking guy and Marie Kondo saying I love mess. Like I'm somewhere yeah. in between those two things. Yeah, but mostly blinking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very blinking weird. guy. It's weird. It's all very weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How very Fox of them, Marcus says, and he is correct. He is correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Uh, looking at the rest of the season, we're, I think we, what I'm going to propose is that we do seven and eight and then mm-hmm. nine and 10, because we can't do 10 on its own without doing nine on its own as well. Yeah. And then if you're comfortable with it, I feel like we should just do 11, 12, 13 together so that we don't do 11, 12, wait the weekend and then do 13. I'm fine with that. And it's, I think, I think that's what we should do, honestly. Um, And then we'll take the weekend to reflect and come back on the next Monday with our retrospective on the season. That makes sense. That tracks. Okay. So everyone, that's the plan. 
tomorrow off and then two, two, three for the to to close out the season. Which will put us then next week will be season four to the beginning of the week after. And then after that delicious October funness, which we will talk about when we get there. And so because season four is the last season. Season yes. four is the last yes. season. Right. Okay. Well, that will wrap up our conversation for today. Oh, before I forget, Marcus also mentioned uh, they they like to point out that with Lynn and, and Sue, I like to point out that Lynn was angry that she thought Suyin could do whatever she wanted, but Toph sent her to her parents, which would not be what she would ever want. I did note the the mention of Toph's parents. I guess she has enough of a relationship with her parents at that point that she could send uh, Sue there. And can you imagine Sue with Toph's parents at that age? I just not good not good so you're not my mom (laughs) yeah yeah well thank you marcus for joining us today in the zoom thank you everyone for listening we will be back in a couple days on wednesday bye-bye bye